Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ardenfbc.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's 2023? I didn't see you guys since last year. It's really hard to believe. We want to welcome everyone visiting today. If this is your first time here, we want to say welcome home. Our mission here is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the extraordinary life Christ has for us. Jesus said in John 10:10, he said, I've come that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. So how many of you lost water this week? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you still don't have water? Uh, we have some that still do. Now, I am so sorry for those of you who have lost water. I definitely uh, feel compassion for you. And uh, we have well water, so we, we weren't one of the city folks that lost water. But we, you can come to my house, yes. We've got plenty of room for more. So uh, we actually, like some of you lost water, like you can take a shower at our house. It's a little bit of a drive of the country, but you can come. So, uh, but we're, we're praying that all of you guys get your water back on for those of you who lost it. I know it's water is such essential to living. So uh, some of you are watching online right now because you still don't have water. We want to welcome you. Uh, how many of you have made New Year's resolutions so far? Very few, right? How many of you just have given up on New Year's resolutions? <laughs> well, today I'm going to give you three New Year's resolutions that you can take. Okay, so you at least have three. But before that, I want to kind of see what people around the world are having for resolutions. You guys want to hear them? They're pretty predictable. Let's throw it up on the screen here. To exercise more, 52%. How many of you have done that before? My wife got this new watch for Christmas, and it tells her when to stand up and how many steps to take. And she's like, my watch is telling me to get up. So it does that, all right? To eat healthier, that's a big deal. To lose weight, yes. For those of you who are new, I've joked that, you know, COVID-19 hit, I put on the COVID-20, and I'm still trying to lose it, so I'm working on it. Some of you caught COVID-19, I caught the COVID-20, trying to lose it here, all right? To save more money, yes, to spend more time with family and friends. Now, here's a good one, to spend less time on social media. How many of you need to stop the scroll? All right, you're, you're on social media way too much. I see that ocean, thank you. All right, reduce stress on the job. And to reduce spending on living expenses, so maybe overspending. So that's good. I think that's good. Today I want to kind of give you the New Year's theme. Every year, for those of you who are new to the church, we, we, we pray and we ask God for a theme. And every year the Lord gives us a theme to kind of mobilize the church for the year. So this year, in 2023, you guys want to hear the theme? It's one word. It's the word advance. It's the word advance. And the idea behind this theme is that we're going to move forward with the mission of God in our personal lives and as the church. We're going to advance to move forward. So this year, I want to ask you the question, are you all in to move forward what God has for you? Are you all in to advance the mission of God in your life personally and as a church? Now hold that answer, because at the end, we're going to give you a chance. I'm going to do something a little different at the end of the message For those of you who want to be commissioned for what God has for you, at the end, instead of coming forward, we're going to have you stand up at your seat. And we're going to commission you right where you're at 
to advance the mission of God in your life to see what he's going to do. I'm excited about that. So today we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. And again, welcome to all of you who are visiting. Welcome to those online. I'm so glad you're here. In Luke chapter 5, it's going to be something very special that Jesus introduces the concept of new wine. And um, we're going to start in verse 33. It says, when they, then they said to him, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. So they're saying, you know, the religious leaders are like Jesus, you know, everyone's fasting except your disciples. Why is that? And here's what Jesus said to them. Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. So Jesus presents the concept that he is the bridegroom and he's building the church called the bride. And he's like, while you're at a wedding feast, nobody fasts at a wedding, right? You feast, you celebrate. But whenever the bridegroom is taken away and the bride misses the bridegroom, then they will fast in those days. That's where he sets up the concept of fasting. And then he speaks a parable in verse 36. Jesus spoke a parable parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment onto an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and will be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new, for he says, the old is better. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we read it, help us to understand what new thing you're doing here in this new year. We've talked about a new patch. We've talked about new wine. We've read about fasting. So, Lord, help us to advance what you're calling us to do. As we talk about three New Year's resolutions for this year, speak to our hearts Help us to understand it, and we pray that your blessing will be upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So for everyone who said, I don't have a New Year's resolution yet, I've got three for you, okay? So the first one is this. Make a New Year's resolution to do an intentional fast in 2023. And all of a sudden, most of the audience has already checked out. They're like, I don't like fasting, right? How many of you enjoy fasting? Only the ones that have seen the results from it enjoy it, right? But it's kind of like working out. You know, my family were, I didn't ask their permission, but this is a good illustration. I have to ask permission for this. Normally I have to ask permission for hard stories. But we're all trying to get in shape, the whole family. And uh, we're like challenging us. How much did you run? Oh, you ran two miles? I'll at least do a mile, you know. I'm kind of on the lower spectrum of the family right now. I'm trying to build up. Lori's outdoing me right now on the treadmill. But working out, you don't feel like it. There's never time for it. But you have to push yourself. And with that, there's certain results that happen. So we've got to define fasting. If you'll follow along on your listening guide, what is fasting? Fasting is giving up the desired things that you like and replacing them with spiritual things. So most of the time, fasting involves food. You know, throughout the Bible, fasting is usually not eating or doing a different type of diet than you normally have. But fasting can also result, result in anything of the flesh that you want to give up and replace it with something spiritual. So when you think about fasting, it's denying your flesh so that you can ask God to fill you with his spirit. 
So I want you to write, this isn't on your outline, but I want you to write down these four words that will really help you understand fasting. The first two words are give up, and then the next two words are fill up. Give up and fill up. So the idea of fasting is you give up something that you really like, but that's not the only part of fasting. Then you fill it up with something instead. So what we're going to do in the new year, we're going to challenge everyone, it starts next Sunday, to do a 10-day fast. And before you react and like, I'm not going to do it, let me explain some of the benefits of fasting. In James 4.8, God gives us this challenge through James. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he'll do what? Draw near to you. So in other words, you're as close to God as you want to be. There are some people here today and some people watching online and say, you know, I'm not as close to God as I once was. Guess what? God didn't leave. God is the same. If you're not as close to God as you once were, guess who left? You did. So you're as close to God as you want to be. Now, that doesn't mean you always have an emotional feeling. It doesn't mean you always have some kind of experience with God, but it means you walk by faith, not by sight. In Isaiah, we did this in our Holy Habits series. Let's throw this scripture up. We're just going to briefly remind you of fasting. In Isaiah 58, the prophet reminds us through, through the Holy Spirit of, of what a true fast looks like. So I want you to read with me. It'll be on your screen and also in your listening guide. No, this is the type of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burdens of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. And your wounds, notice your wounds, will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of God will protect you from behind. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here He will answer how? Quickly. All right. So we're going to have a little fun this New Year's. I'm going to change shoes here, and I'm going to explain why. Whenever you fast, you're going to need to move quickly, okay? Don't laugh at the socks. I do wear colorful socks. But in here, I have a pair of running shoes, which I'm going to be using in the New Year. And these running shoes, what's the purpose of running shoes? It helps you go faster. So here's the thing. In the spiritual realm, fasting makes you go faster, right? It makes you go faster. So what happens when you fast, it's denying yourself of certain things so that in the spirit, things that you're praying for, things that you're asking for, fasting makes things go faster. Okay. So look on your list, God. I'm going to hit a few highlights of fasting. These are benefits. The first one is it helps you draw closer to God. Isn't that the primary motivating factor of fasting? Drawing closer to God. Fasting helps with one, getting rid of one thing. What's one thing that God says he resists in us? Pride, right? And here's the thing. Blessings are flowing down from heaven, but pride gets you out of alignment with God's blessings. Pride, God says, if you're prideful, I'm going to resist you, Right? But if your grace, if you're full of humility, God says, I'll show you my grace. So here's the idea. When you fast, it gets yourself out of the way and it lines you back up in a posture of humility. It's like pride. You get off the throne. God's reigning. So that's what pride does. It, it, it pushes away you from receiving the blessing. But fasting pushes pride aside. 
Fasting breaks the chains of bondage, as we read in Isaiah. Do you have any addictions, habits, hang-ups that you just can't break? You've tried. You've tried to kick this habit. You've tried to get out of this sin pattern, but you can't. Fasting helps speed that up. Fasting encourages you to put others ahead of yourself. I, I love in Isaiah how he talks about food for the hungry, shelter for the needy. So in other words, instead of me meeting all of my wants and needs, I'm going to put that aside and maybe I'm going to focus on others during this time. I'm going to help them out. Fasting provides deliverance. I'm reminded of Queen Esther in the Old Testament. You remember um, Haman, the wicked Haman. It's like, hey, man, you're, you're wicked. That's all I remember his name. Haman wanted to destroy the, joy, the Jews. And what did Esther do? She fasted. And whenever she fasted, what happened? Deliverance came for the Jews. Healing is promoted through fasting. Isaiah talks about your wounds will quickly heal. Now, this is not a promise that it happens all the time. This is a general principle that when you need healing, fasting is something that gets you in alignment. And it's like if God is going to choose to heal, and sometimes he says no, right? We know that all healing ultimately results to the other, time, other side, but God does heal through fasting. And it's one of those things that allows you to receive that. Uh, divine direction is released through fasting. Moses, how long did he fast? Forty days. And what happened after he fasted? You guys remember he received the Ten Commandments. Talk about divine direction. So if you need direction for your life, fasting helps. Divine protection is activated. You need protection. Long-awaited answer to prayers through fasting. You guys remember Daniel fasted for 21 days and another time for 10 days. And all of a sudden, you read the end of Daniel, God gave him this revelation for the future of the Jews. That was all through fasting. Help for others. Personal vitality. Uh, restoration. So fasting is one of those things that it's the hardest thing to do for your flesh. But once you do it, it gets you in alignment to receive God's blessings. So when, when, when you think about fasting, I want you to think about this. It, it releases things in the spirit. Fasting makes things go faster, right? And one of the verses I want you guys to really write down, it's on your listening guide, Hebrews eleven six. I think we have this on the screen. Without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. And it says anyone that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So think about that. God rewards you when you seek him. So I want you to put on your running shoes and get ready for a fast because fasting makes things go faster in the spirit. All right. Resolution number two. You guys ready for it? Prepare yourself to embrace positive changes. Now, this next pair of shoes is one that my wife does not like, okay? And I'll explain why. These shoes, before I put them on, you can't tell, but inside, can you tell me what they are? They're slippers. <laughs> so here, here's the secret. Here's the dirty secret you guys don't know. I have preached in these shoes before. No one knew they were sleep, sli, uh, slippers, but my wife knew. So now you know the secret. And here's the thing. Sometimes... My wife doesn't like these because they're so different, you know. But for me, they're kind of unique, and I like unique things. So have you ever noticed that when something's new, you have a tendency to reject it just because it's new? Anybody else like that? Now, the exception to that rule are inventors and early adapters. How many inventors are out there? All right, some of the CEO, businessmen and women. Early adapters, you've got to have the latest, greatest, newest thing. All right, we've got like three or four. How many of you don't like it originally when it's new? 
That's the rest of us, right? So I want you guys to look at this scripture. It's really fascinating. In verse 36, Jesus gives a parable. No one puts a piece from a new garment onto an old one. Otherwise, it makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new one does not match the old. So here's the idea Jesus was giving. And he's talking to religious leaders and to the Jewish people who are listening. Is that the Pharisees wanted Jesus to basically continue the old way of doing things. It's called the old covenant. And Jesus was ushering in a new way called the new covenant. Which, by the way, that's why we have Old Testament, New Testament Old covenant was the old way of doing things. Jesus came to fulfill all the shadows of the law. He, he was the fulfillment of everything the law prescribed. He was the fulfillment. So Jesus said, so like, listen, I didn't come to patch up an old system. I came to bring something brand new. So that's the idea of the, the clothes, that if you have a piece of cloth that's already shrunk and you put a new patch on it that's not shrunk, it's gonna, when it shrinks, it's going to tear the garment and it just won't match, right? So here's the idea is that today, as we stand on the precipice of a new year, 2023, first day of the new year, and what better way to bring in the new year than in church together? I want to propose to you that God's going to introduce some new things in your life personally that at first you will resist it. At first you'll be like, I don't want it. Just like these shoes, my wife's like, honey, that those are weird. You can't be wearing sand, like slippers to church. And I'm like, well... It is God's house, right? I feel right at home. So occasionally I'll wear it. Now you guys know the secret. So you'll be, you'll be hitting them. But you can't tell from a distance. So here's the thing. If you want to advance God's mission, it's going to take some intentionality. And part of that intentionality, it's a struggle. But this is your life personally, and this is the church as a whole, is that you have to value eternal purpose above personal preference. Let me say that again. You have to value eternal purpose above personal preference. God's going to challenge you to do certain things that are not your preference in your life, but they line up with his eternal purpose. Example may be he may ask you to share the gospel with your neighbor, and you're like, I I don't want to do that. My preference is to pray for them. My preference is to send them a Christmas card. And God may say, I don't care about your preference. I want you to align yourself with my purpose. Go over there and talk to your neighbor. He He may share that. So there's some things that he may lead you to do, that you're just like, ah, i got to align with him. So I just want to kind of cast a little vision for the future that I said that the word advance, and I want you to turn back to page one of your listening guide. We skipped over that part. I'm going to give you a little acrostic, and this is going to be the theme for the new year. And I thought about putting these on a little handout card so we can keep this. But I want you to think about advance. The, word, the letter A, acknowledge God in all your ways. Wouldn't it be great to start off the new year with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What does verse 6 say? In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. That's what it starts with. D is deliver on what God's calling you to do. How many of us make resolutions but never keep them because we don't deliver on it? It reminds me of the wedding when Jesus turned water to wine. Mary told the master of the, the, the ceremonies... She says, whatever Jesus tells you to do it, just do it. All right? Nike stole that off Mary, right? Just do it. So deliver on whatever God tells you to do. All right, vision. Imagine the possibilities. So I want you to envision what God's going to do in your life, in your family, in your health, in your finances, in your spiritual life. Imagine what he can do in this church. 
Without a vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. A is aspire. Aspire to do great things for God. There was a missionary that once said this quote, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I think that was William Carey. I may be missing the missionary, but that was a, a really powerful statement he said. In is nourish. Nourish the relationships in your life. When you get to the end of your life, you will not say, I wish I had spent more time in the office. You're not going to say, I wish I put in more overtime. You, you won't say, I wish I made more money, typically. You'll say, I wish I spent more time with the people that really mattered. And C is consistency. Keep doing the next right thing and repeat it daily. Imagine it for 365 days if you did the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing. When the year turns 2024, you're going to be so much further down the road. And then the E is to enjoy every day as a true gift from God. So I want you to think there's no present like the present. There's no present like the present. So those are ways to advance the calling. So I want you to encourage you with this, that 2023 is our year to advance our mission. And look at this on the screen. It's your year to rise up and take your place on God's stage of amazing grace. It's time to see what God can only do through you. But you have to be all in. You have to be willing to say, God, I believe that you're going to advance what God's doing. Now, for the church to cast a little vision, I believe that we're going to advance our vision of reaching 1% of the community. For those of you who are new to the church, our vision's really simple. It's 1%. 1% of what? Well, we drew a five-mile circle. And by the way, if you live outside the five-mile circle, we want to reach people in your neighborhood too. But we're, we're focused right now is the five-mile circle. We want to reach 1% of 60,000 people, which is 600 new people by the end of 2026. And this is not like a number for numbers sake. These are people that are living, breathing. These are people that are going into eternity every day. And we're like, we want to give every man, every woman, every student, every child a chance to know about Jesus. And it's not just through this church. It's us partnering with other churches. It's us working together. It's like we have a mission to complete. We want to advance our mission of discipleship. What is discipleship? I want you to look on your listening guide. This is something we laid out last year that we're going to continue a reminder. How do we define discipleship? It's three L's and three C's. You ready for it? Discipleship is loving like Jesus in her conduct. You know, if, if you love people like Jesus did, people are going to see it. It's looking like Jesus in her character. You know, a lot of times we say be like Jesus. We're not talking about how Jesus dressed or his culture we're talking about his conduct. How did he carry himself? How was his character? And then live like Jesus in our calling. We all believe that all of you have a calling in your life. And we need to try to live like Jesus were he in your shoes. This year we will commit ourselves to advancing community. It's been said that we gather in, circle, gather in rows, but we connect in what? Circles. So here's the thing. Life is great when we gather together in this crowd. But a circle is where you're going to find community. I have so many people that visit this church and they're like, I never got connected. I never, no one really welcomed me. I was like, well, did you try a small group? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I got one laugh, okay? You got to have a cheesy preacher joke occasionally. But here's the thing. Community doesn't happen in a crowd. Community happens in a circle. So here's the challenge. Get in a group. If you're not in a group, make that one of your resolutions. I'm going to get in a group, small group. We want to commit to advance in serving. God has given all of you a unique spiritual gift. For everyone that's a believer, you have at least one spiritual gift. 
And we like to say, if you're not serving, you're swerving. So get connected in a serve team. We want to commit ourselves to advance in missions and outreach. You know, we have a, a mission every year, and it starts over every year. And it's the mission for every church member and attendee. It's each one reach one. You guys want to know the secret to church growth? It's not some great program. It's not some great marketing. It's every person reaches one person every year. So if you guys accomplish your mission, by the end of this year, you'll have led one person to Christ. Wouldn't that be amazing if everyone in this room today reached one person in the next year for Christ? That's a simple mission. Each one reach one. And what, what happens when you reach them, you don't just get them saved, so to speak, but you, you help disciple them. You get them in a group. You help them discover their spiritual gift. You take them on like a spiritual infant, and you help mature them to discipleship, to maturity. So that's important. And I think if we look at this, that it's our year to advance. It's our year to move forward. And at the end of the service, when we pray, I'm going to have everyone that wants to advance to stand to, stand to your feet and we're going to commission you as missionaries. You guys are modern-day missionaries. And you're like, well, Timothy, I'm not ordained. Listen, God has anointed you and called you. You don't have to be ordained by a church to do something. You are called. If you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the, he, he's, he's the one that calls you. He's the one that anoints you. He's the one that empowers you. You know, sometimes in Baptist churches especially, we don't mention the Holy Spirit enough, but he's the one that guides you. He's the teacher. He's the counselor. He's the one that gives you victory for Christian living. He's the one that empowers you for Christian service. So that's something we're going we're gonna to commit to. All right, I'm getting tired of these sandals. Let's move on to last point. And this should not be known as the sneaker sermon because it's more than that, all right? Number three, get your heart in shape for receiving new things from God. All right, so... I did the running shoes. I did the, the, the weird shoes, okay? To get in shape, I have to have workout shoes. So these are my, some workout shoes. And the thing about workout shoes, they're not as light as running shoes, but they have good quality. So that way you could do squats and you can do certain things and they support your feet. So here's what I want to get. If you look back at the parable Jesus gave, <coughs> the analogy, verse 37 he says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. He says, new wine must be put into what? New wineskins. Here's the idea. Jesus is using this as an analogy that the religious leaders wanted Jesus to kind of carry over the, 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 the role of Judaism into the new way. And he's like, Judaism doesn't mix with Christianity. You, you, can't, you can't like try to patchwork something that was a shadow. Jesus is the fulfillment. So you, in other words, to put it in very simple terms, you can't mix legalism and grace. Like the two just don't mix. You can't mix like certain ways of doing things because it, it doesn't turn out. So Jesus is saying, listen, I'm coming to bring a new way. I didn't come away to abolish the law of the prophets. I came to fulfill them. The shadows about sacrifices and all that, they were, they were pointing to me, but I am the light. I am the fulfillment. Jesus is the fulfillment for every sacrifice of the Old Testament. Jesus is the fulfillment for all the ceremonial laws. And just so we don't get confused about Old and New Testament, moral, moral, morality never changes. So the Ten Commandments, guess what? It's still wrong to kill. It's still wrong to commit adultery. All the morals are transferable, but what Jesus fulfills is the shadows. What are the shadows? Well, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. Um, the ceremonial laws, like your clothes, you, you, have to, you can't have them mixed with cotton and different fabrics. All those were shadows pointing towards Christ who fulfilled, but all the moral code still applies. 
morals never change. Truth is forever. So here's what we got to get here, that when Jesus says, I've come to bring something new, this new wine represented Jesus' new way of doing things. It didn't mesh with the Pharisees' way of doing things. And on your listening guide, I wanted to kind of bring out kind of comparison. Uh, Jesus plus anything equals self-effort. You know, I've been a part of churches where they'll teach, well, you've got to pray a prayer, and then you've got to do this, this, this to be right with God. The Bible tells us that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's not Jesus plus something. That's legalism, okay? Um, the other formula is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I don't bring anything but a repentant heart. I don't do anything to earn my salvation. I receive Christ. I turn from my sin. There's no work involved except believing in Jesus. Amen? Some churches you go to, it's you've got to do No, no, Jesus plus nothing. So I'm going to give you a Pharisee formula. And it's something that applies to marriage, it applies to kids, it applies to dating, it applies to church. It has so many applications. And the formula goes like this, R plus R minus R equals what? R, it's very easy. So let me tell you what the R's mean. Rules plus regulations minus relationship equals rebellion. Let me tell you why some of our kids rebel, is we put rules and regulations on them, but they don't have a relationship with us or with God, they rebel. Let me tell you why so many people that were in church rebel, they have rules and regulations, but there's real no relationship with God, so they rebel. So rules plus regulations minus relationship equals rebellion. But let me give you a different formula from Jesus. This is the Jesus effect. G plus T equals RT. You're like, what is G plus T? I've heard of GT, car, right? Grace plus truth equals real transformation. Jesus came and he was full of grace and he was full of truth. So whenever you have grace and truth collide, Jesus being full of grace and truth, whenever they collide, you have a beautiful explosion called eternal life. In other words, Jesus came presenting himself. A person full of grace and full of truth. When you receive Christ, guess what you have? You have eternal life. So here's, here's something I want you guys to get. Jesus ends with a postscript. Excuse me. <clears throat> Jesus ends with a postscript. Now this is very different. And for Baptists, it's a little awkward, right? Um, he gives instructions on verse 39. No one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new. For he says the old is better. Now, is Jesus giving us wine-tasting lessons here? I mean, this is awkward for Baptists. For those of you who denominations, it's like whatever. But for us Baptists, it's like, you know, and you guys know my testimony. I never drank. I don't plan on drinking because it could be a stumbling block for me. So I just don't drink. Not that having a glass is a sin. I just don't do it, okay? But for us Baptists, it's like, oh, Jesus is giving instructions on drinking. Like, this is a weird verse. Generally, we skip over. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's talking about the religious leaders they were used to the old wine. And they didn't want to try the new wine because they said the old is just as good. I don't need to try the new. The old is good enough. I, I want to do the tried and true. So here's the principle, and I want to throw on the screen, and this is very convicting for all of us in church. When it comes to change, okay, when it comes to change, here's the principle. Most people resist change even though the change is a positive one. How many of you would say that's true? Like, you know it's good, <laughs> But you just kind of resist. You, like, I, know I, I know I should get in shape, but I just don't want to get up at 5 in the morning and run. 
I know I shouldn't eat Hardy's half pound hamburgers, but I just, I don't really want the salad. I know there's certain things that I'm struggling here. Help me out. Right where we were there. So I'm going to give you five principles as we close. And these are things that really help you. And these are why you need to embrace positive change. And I'm not talking about change for change's sake or negative change. I'm talking about godly, eternally motivated truth. So here's five, cha- five reasons why we need change. Number one, you don't know what you don't know until you know. <laughs> right? A good example, how many of you have ever had sushi? Right? Before you had sushi, for those of you who enjoy it, how many of you just didn't like it? I'm not going to eat sushi. But then you tried it, and you're like, wow, this is good. And that, what is that, soy sauce, that wok sauce or whatever? Man, you know, I was raised on meat potatoes. I, I didn't know it, but my wife had to educate me. She, she was cultured. I was not. So she's like, try sushi. I'm like, man, this is good. You don't know what you don't know until you know, right? So second principle, change is often the hardest thing to do, right? It's often the hardest thing to do, but a divine change will produce life-altering results. So think about when, whenever you became a Christian, that was a big change, right? But it set in motion a ripple effect. So if you can trust God with your eternity, can't you trust him with the small changes that he's going to ask you to do in, in the new year? I think we should, right? Third reason, it's hard to expect great growth, great growth, without first undergoing what? Great change. So I want you to think about it. It's, it's impossible to grow without changing. Because if you grow, that means what? Something's changed. Growth necessitates change. So here's, I want you guys to get in this. Even though we naturally resist change, it's impossible to grow without changing. It is this. I mean, look it up, research it. You, if you grow, that means something has changed. You're no longer where you were. Ouch. I know that's convicting to me at least. Truth number four, <coughs> the moment you stop growing, you what? How many of you want to start dying this year? <laughs> Nobody, right? So here's the thing. Like, I'm going to embrace the changes that God has for me because I don't, I don't want to start dying. I've heard so many stories of men that retire in their 50s and 60s and then they just sit on the couch. And you know what typically happens to those men? Many of them die, right? It's just like, what? I mean, you were fine. They just stopped growing. So whenever you retire, it's time to refire. It's time to find a new purpose. Amen. And finally, fifth reason, the kingdom of God is all about growth and change. Whenever you resist change, you're actually resisting the kingdom culture. Because here's the idea. The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. And here's the thing. We know in this world, Satan's temporarily the God of this age. So whenever you get the kingdom out, you're pushing back the darkness. And the thing about the kingdom is as the kingdom expands, people's lives are changing. So if I say I don't want change... I'm actually resisting the kingdom culture to change the world, to make disciples. Ouch. So I want you guys to think about that. Do I want to resist what God has for me or do I want to embrace it? So I want to summarize it. Let's throw the the three points back up. And I'm going to finish this in my socks, okay? So the first truth was what? What do we need to do? Remember the running shoes. Start 2023 off with intentional fast. So <clears throat> on your listening guide, excuse me, you'll notice we give three options to, to, to speed things up. Option one is a liquid diet and a media fast. And you're like, what does that mean? So next Sunday, we're going to start it. 
And by the way, whenever you start it, 10 days later, that's when you end it. So you start at breakfast, 10 days later would be the next Wednesday you end a breakfast. If you start lunch, 10 days later that lunch, or if you start at night. So it doesn't matter when you start it, you, you pick breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Here's the idea is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast this. And a liquid fast would be for breakfast and lunch I'd eat liquids, which means like protein shakes and smoothies and things like that. But I eat a normal dinner for, 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 for dinner, like normal dinners, not like any change in your diet. But with that, I'm going to look at social media, and I'm not going to do any social media for personal use. If I use any media, it's going to be replacing what I normally watch, like ESPN Sports Center. Now I'm watching, like, the Chosen series. Or now I'm watching, like, uh, Skip Isaac on, on the chant. I'm watching a sermon instead. So, like, I replace my media with spiritually uplifting media. So that's option one. Option two is the Daniel Fast. So we do this every year. Many of you have done the Daniel fast. It's basically following the book of Daniel where he ate basically vegetables and water. So it's basically a vegan diet for, for 10 days. And um, so that's, that's something that's challenging. So that's, that's one of those things we're laughing because we've done it every year. Lori and I are choosing to do a liquid fast this year because we've done a Daniel fast. We're going to just mix it up. And then option three is pick your own. Some of you may be so addicted to like Netflix that you got to – Pause Netflix and instead start watching sermons on YouTube, whatever it may be. So it's the idea of put off and fill up. So you're taking something out of your life and filling it up. It's not just I'm stop eating. I'm replacing that with spiritual nourishment. So example, at lunchtime, if I'm doing the liquid diet, instead of running to a restaurant and all this, I'm pulling out a shake. And instead of an hour that I would spend at a restaurant, I'm now reading my Bible, praying, listening to music. So that's the idea. All right, you guys got it. So if you have questions about that, email us. Daniel Fast people will send you the documents. Just email the church office. And for all of you who fast, email us so we can, we can encourage you. We're going to have a group that we sent out encouragement. So let the church know. All right, number two. I've got these crazy shoes, all right? So embrace change. I want you guys to think about positive changes. Now, you may not wear bedroom slippers to church, Okay. You can laugh at that. You may not wear bedroom slippers to church, but some things are good. Some things are positive changes in the right direction. And number three, what was number three? Get your heart in what? <clears throat> Think about the workout shoes. So in other words, if God pours out new wine into new wineskins, if you choose to remain an old wineskin, guess what? You can't handle it, right? He, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's not gonna pour it on you. He's gonna pour it on someone that's got their heart in the right place. So I don't know about you, but I encourage you: allow God to change your heart, so that you can have a new wineskin. So when God pours out something new, you're like in position, because He knows if you can't handle it, he, He's gonna show grace, right? But for those of you who are like, I'm ready, get your heart ready. All right. So let's throw the big idea while I get my boots on here. What is the big idea? How do we summarize this in one sentence? The mission of God, what? Say it out loud. All right. So you guys got it. I got one more boot to go. So. <laughs> That's true. If I would have wore like the slippers, I could have slid them on and no one would have known. But now you guys know. So it's, uh, I may not be able to wear that anymore. <laughs> So um, three action steps. We try to summarize every sermon into simple, bite-sized pieces. Number one, we already mentioned it, pick a fast. 
If you want things to go faster in your life, you need to fast, right? All right, so pick, pick an intentional fast. Number two, decide to value eternal purposes above personal preferences. So all of us have preferences, and those are good. But when it comes to what God's doing in your life, you've got to say eternal purpose is greater than my personal preference. And finally, number three, stop resisting positive changes in your life. Instead, see change as a byproduct of what? Of personal growth, right. So in a moment, I'm going to close this out, but a few quick announcements. In just a moment, we're going to uh, close things out. But uh, I just want to encourage you, next week we're launching a new series. Anybody know what we're doing? Let's throw that revelation. (laughs) Now, this comes with a disclaimer, okay? I've made a commitment. I'll take you as far as you want to go, but if you guys start getting glazed eyes after chapter 4, we'll take a break, okay? So... I know we'll get through at least the first three chapters, but so you guys give me feedback if you're like, I'm not getting this, you know, I'm going to do my best to make it simple, easy to understand because some of you are scared to death about Revelation, but it's a great book and we're going to make it very practical. Okay. So uh, give me feedback as we go through the series and you're like, Timothy, I can't handle anymore. We'll take a break. Okay. So I, I, I believe that we take you as far as you're, you know, we're in place to go because it's, it's like, it's like lifting heavy weight, okay? We've got to work ourselves up to that. All right, well, let's pray. If everyone close their eyes. We've had a lot of fun today in this message. Father, we thank you for just what you're speaking to us about. We thank you for just the love of God poured out in this place. And right now, I just want to, we're going to have Jared play softly in the background. <clears throat> I just want to ask if there's someone here today that, doesn't know Jesus is Lord, what better way to start this new year than with a new life? Would there be anyone that would say, Timothy, I need Jesus in my life. I've never asked him to save me. I've never asked him to forgive me. If that's you, just raise your hand. We give every week a chance for you to receive the gospel. Anyone at all, just slip up your hand. If you're here today or watching online and you need a relationship with God, The Bible says that if you'll just call upon the name of the Lord, he'll be saved. And I want to lead you through a prayer. It's this prayer of salvation. If you'll pray it in your heart right now, say, Dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And I want to place my faith in him and him alone. So Jesus, right now, I ask you to save me. Ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. And Jesus, I choose to follow you from this day forward. Not just saying a prayer, but I choose to follow you from this day forward. As you continue to pray, for all of you who want to make a difference in your life, for all of you who want to advance the call of God in your life, no one's looking. I don't want you to stand to your feet. We're just going to linger for a moment here. I want you to go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand right where you're at. I'm going to say a a prayer of commissioning as we close for everyone standing. Father, you see each of us standing to our feet. And this is a commission to you that we're going to advance the call of God in our life and we're going to advance the call of God in our church. So right now, Father, I commission each person here, those watching online, go ahead and stand right where you're at your home. I commission you as servants of the living God to make a difference in the world. Father, I commission them in your name and I pray you fill them with a fresh indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We love you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. You guys can be seated. A few quick announcements and you guys will be out.